game is done. David, you are my favorite Dodger insider. Time for Dodger Talk. If you're ready for the brand new thing, let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. David Vassay is going to join us. LA's favorite son. 866-987-2570. We are rolling, boys, rolling. It's time for Dodgers baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito. Seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navian Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit tanklessmadesimple.com. And by Chevrolet. By New Roads. And now your host for Dodger Talk. David Vesey. We are live at Dodgers Stadium after the Diamondbacks defeat the Dodgers 6-1. Welcome to Dodger Talk. David Vassay with you until 11.30 tonight, taking your phone calls at 866-987-2570. Coming up in the show, we'll give you an update on a few Dodger pitchers that are on the injured list. Some good news, some bad news. So you want to stick around for that. Also at 11.15, Jose Moda will join us. But first, this game tonight, really the two things that stand out to me are Dustin May, who is still trying to search for consistency. He did have 15 first-pitch strikes tonight, but in the first inning, he threw 11 pitches behind in the count 20 overall so he did get better as the game went on he only lasted four innings and like we mentioned in the clubhouse show what really undid him was something that he's done pretty well at this season and that's uh, punching out hitters or getting outs with two strikes tonight he he let that hurt him he couldn't put hitters away with two strikes there were three different instances where he had two strikes on hitters he hit a hitter um, he hit a batter in Dalton Varsho in the fourth inning. He allowed Geraldo per- Perdomo to single in the fourth inning. Um, so that led to uh, Corbin Carroll's bases clearing three-run double in the fourth inning. And uh, it was just a frustrating night for him because he was throwing too many pitches and a lot of them behind in the count. Also, another thing that stands out to me is the great young nucleus that the Diamondbacks have in their outfield. They have a lot of team speed, and their speed really was aggressive uh, yesterday and tonight, and I thought that was a difference in tonight's game as well. Maybe caught the Dodgers a little flat-footed on a few instances. I thought in the seventh inning when Jake McCarthy uh, tagged up and scored on a sack fly to left field where Miguel Vargas was playing for the second straight night, his speed helped him get home safely because Miguel Vargas made a great strong throw from left field. So that was encouraging for the Dodgers as well. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. I'm not going to put too much emphasis on the second game of yesterday's doubleheader or tonight's uh, performance by the Dodger offense. Look, these guys uh, have been continuing to push through even after winning the NL West and having 103 wins. A lot of teams would have uh, looked a lot flatter a lot sooner. So I feel like we can all give these guys somewhat of a pass. They are playing 26 games on the final 28 days of the regular season. They did have a Sunday night baseball game in the rain and then had to come back and play at Dodger Stadium on Monday night, followed by a day-night doubleheader. I mean, these guys are human. 
<laughs> they are human. Hello. Um, they've been doing a pretty good job of staying focused and having the urgency, but you could see with uh, some individual instances with players, uh, they're physically worn down, mentally worn down. You know, Trey Turner made a nice play in the uh, seventh inning tonight, but he's been making some uncharacteristic mistakes at shortstop, and you have to wonder, playing every day except one game or a couple of games, is that starting to wear on him? I know he wants 200 hits. I know he's a free agent at the end of the year, but you have to wonder whether or not he needs a blow more than just one day. And I guess uh, he and others are looking at the fact the Dodgers have five days off between the last day of the regular season and the first game of the NLDS, which is on October 11th. 866-987-2570. Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers tonight 6-1. to one. The Dodgers have still beaten Arizona 13 of their first 18 meetings this season. Let's go out to the phones. Danny who is at Dodger Stadium tonight. Hi, Danny. You're on Dodger Talk. Hey, Dave. How are you tonight, man? It was a rough game. Uh, May just didn't have it. The offense didn't have it. The one hit, two walks, whatever they had. Um, but, yeah, it's a tough game to watch. But I did have a great time. I, I wanted to talk to you about the gentleman I sat next to at the game. Uh, his name was Jeff Anton, and he had been on the field uh, pregame interviewing Justin Turner. He's an author. And he wrote a book called When Baseball Went to War. And he's interviewed Justin Turner. He said he talked to you, and you were talking about getting him on the show. And uh, I was just going to say, you got to get this guy on the show, Dave. He, we spent half the game just listening to him tell me all these stories from the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, you know, all about the Dodgers. And I'm a huge baseball fan, and I read and watch all the time. And I, he, he was telling me stuff I had never heard before. Uh, but he was a really nice man. It was great to watch sit down and watch the, watch the game with him. Uh, but, yeah, get him on the show. I don't know if you remember who I'm talking about, but he, he was talking to you, I guess, before the game. And show me a picture you guys took. Yeah, I remember him. I remember him, and I remember seeing Justin Turner basically walk away from him with a bunch of homework, a lot of history lesson books, and he was excited about it. So, yeah, we'll try to work that out, Danny. Thanks for the phone call. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Let's go out to Paolo in San Diego. What's up, Paolo? Did you catch my guy Snellzilla take a no-hitter into the seventh inning tonight? Hi, David. Yeah, I just came back from Australia. First of all, how you doing? Are you feeling I, – I was. I know I cut your uh, – you know, you're in Milwaukee. When, yeah. <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I just came back from Australia. Anyway, I was watching the games over there. Anyway, every day. I'm a little bit concerned about complacency. Oh, and boy. I just, it, it reminds me a little bit of the St. Louis Cardinals in 2011 when they barely made it, you know, and they went out to, to win the World Series. And I'm watching the, you know, me being in San Diego, you know, the, the San Diego Padres winning, you know, five games in a row. And I don't know if I'm, I should be concerned. Or, you know, they, you they shouldn't be. Looking. You shouldn't be concerned, Paolo. The reason why the Padres have won five in a row and are playing with that type of urgency is because they're fighting for their playoff lives. They have to win games. There's only three games separating three teams for the last two spots in the wild card race. Thankfully, the Padres are getting good pitching performances from Hugh Darvish and Blake Snell to help them win five in a row. They're just a game ahead of the Phillies for the number two seed as far as the wild card goes. And they're only 
three games ahead of the Brewers. The Brewers are on their heels. So that's the reason why the Padres are playing well. But the Dodgers have not shown any signs of complacency. They have just, um, you know, looked a little flat the last two days. That's natural. Anyway, it's good to hear your voice again. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you're, that you're doing good, that you feel better, and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, David? Thanks, Paolo. Appreciate the love. 866-987-2570. Yeah, there is, I mean, there is no complacency with the Dodgers. Uh, if there was, there would have that would have shown as soon as they won the NL West in Arizona. But when they got to San Francisco, they showed the urgency that you had seen them play with before they clinched the NL West. Let's face it, everything that I just laid out for you, coming back from a long road trip, an emotional road trip, winning the NL West, and then having to play on Sunday night baseball and turn around and play here at Dodger Stadium, and then a doubleheader yesterday, I mean, that is going to take its toll uh, physically and mentally and emotionally. But I have a feeling when the Cardinals come to town on Friday, there's going to be a lot of energy in the stadium with Albert Pujols uh, looking for career number 700 home runs. Um, And the Cardinals uh, are a playoff team. And they are a very good team that always brings excitement to Dodger Stadium. Outside of the Giants, I would say the Cardinals are the Dodgers' biggest rival in the history of uh, rivalries in the National League. So uh, I have a feeling that it's going to be turned up a notch beginning Friday night and Saturday, Clayton Kershaw's pitching. So whenever he pitches, you know the intensity's up. 866-987-2570. Let's go out to Upland. Anthony, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Anthony. Hey, Dave. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, just another another game, you know, game 140-something. Yeah, I just had a question. Um, I know it's out of our control, but, like, what are your thoughts on, you know, reducing the amount of games that we play in a season? Because 162 is a long time, Dave. <laughs> you know, I was talking to some people about that on the road trip, Anthony, and we were wondering who came up with 100 and, what, 54 games to start with, and who came up with the idea of saying, you know what? We need to play more games. We need to play 162 games. Who came up with that? Why 154? Why now 162? Why not 100? And, Anthony, you can't roll back the number of games. A lot of television deals have been signed already for 162 games. You can't, you can't turn the clock back. Uh, there's no chance of putting that rolling back games. There's just too much money at stake. Right. All right. Thank you for the phone call. You're on delay there, Anthony. You got to be ready. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. By the way, in between the doubleheader games yesterday, if you missed it, the Dodgers president of baseball operations, Andrew Friedman, joined us and took phone calls. And you can find that on the iHeartRadio app. Speaking of the Dodgers success, 103 wins. If you go back in time, in the beginning of the season, maybe the first two months of the year, the Dodgers were not delivering with runners in scoring position. Their offense wasn't firing on all cylinders with uh, Freddie Freeman in the lineup and just getting the, the continuity of this new lineup going. It took some time, but as of June 28th, that seems to be the mark where the Dodgers' season took off, especially offensively. The Dodgers' record since June 28th is 58-18. and 18. 
and I'm not sure if this is true or not, but it kind of seems more than a coincidence. It was around that time Will Smith started to kick it into gear, and maybe even more importantly, Justin Turner turned his season around. Remember when everybody was saying he's too old, he's 37, he should retire? Well, ever since June 28th, Justin Turner has the highest batting average in baseball, 379. He has the highest OPS in baseball at just a clip over 1,000. He has 25 extra base hits, 30 runs scored, 44 RBIs. The Dodger lineup got deeper. The big three have been there all season long. But it got deeper with Will Smith taking over in the cleanup position. And then Justin Turner doing everything that I just laid out since the end of June. It's not a coincidence the Dodger offense took off. And now you got Max Muncy looking like Max Muncy. It's even deeper. And I had a chance to catch up with Justin Turner on our Instagram Live earlier today, and we talked about that. And more importantly, we talked about the cleats he was wearing yesterday. He actually sent two pairs of his cleats to the Children's Hospital Los Angeles to have two kids with pediatric cancer draw on them, color them, decorate them so he could wear them uh, during the doubleheader yesterday. He won one pair. He wore one pair for the first game and then wore the second pair for the second game of the doubleheader. And here was Justin talking about that and why he did all this. Yeah, it started a few years back where uh, I thought it would be a great idea. Um, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and uh thought it'd be really cool and really special you know mlb does acknowledge it we do uh on september 1st wear the the gold ribbons and and the gold wristbands um but i'm not a hundred percent convinced that that's enough yeah right um i think that there there's a lot more to be done there so a few years back i i decided to send some cleats to the hospital in august and and um I actually got to go into the hospital with the cleats. Actually, um, this was before the pandemic, and go in and hang out with the kids and and tell them what I was doing and why I was doing it, and you know watch them kind of design their cleat and draw on it and color on it and write their their names or their families' names or their you know their nurses. They get so close with the nurses and the doctors in the hospital because they're you know constantly working with them. So um, it was just something that was really cool the first time I did it and I was like I'm there's no way I'm not doing this every single year from here on out and uh this year it just happened to work out that we had a double header in September uh so it was perfect so I sent two pairs of cleats uh one pair went to Kayleen one pair went to Arthur um they both got to you know design both cleats and color them and um they they're getting better and better every year (laughs) I gotta tell you I mean they they were fantastic and uh, it worked out great that I got to wear one pair for the first game and the second pair for the second game because, uh, you know, these kids, they don't have very many opportunities to leave the hospital. So this was, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, symbolic for me of wearing their design on my cleats out on the field and, and helping them be with me at Dodger Stadium for a game. Well, All right, Justin, before I let you go, I stumbled upon something. Your season, personally took off at the end of June. The Dodgers season took off at the end of June. Is that a coincidence? Because we all know about the big three. 
Will Smith started to pick it up yourself, found something, and now in the last month, it's Max Muncy. Do you feel like there's any parallels to Justin Turner finding his way and the Dodgers going to another level? Uh, I feel like, you know, the first few months of the season uh, obviously didn't go well for me, but it went well for a lot of guys in here. Yeah. And, and uh, they really picked me up and carried me through those first few months. Um, I still think I was taking good at bats. I wasn't getting a lot of results. I was still, you know, producing and able to drive in some runs when I had to, but um, it just wasn't quite, you know, up to my expectations. And uh, I don't know what it was that clicked, something in June maybe that the media has made a lot of to do about, <laughs> but in the words of Jordan, maybe I took that personally. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. You guys want me to say that. I, I had that another JT, day, but... some people were already planning your post-playing career jobs. Yeah, you know, it's so easy to point at age, right? And, uh, you know, you look at guys all over the league who are struggling who aren't 37, you know, yeah. what's the excuse for them, right? right? That's just the easiest thing to point at for me, and I still feel like there's a lot in the tank. I feel like I've shown, especially over these last few months, that there's a lot in the tank, and I hope to continue playing for a, for a long time. Justin Turner, far from over when it comes to playing baseball. Like I mentioned, since the end of June, June 28th to be exact, the Dodgers are 58-18, and 18, and Justin Turner has the highest batting average in all of Major League Baseball, hitting 379. 866-987-2570 is the phone number, and how cool of a story is that, that he shared as far as what he did with his cleats and Childhood Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. That is really cool. And to check out the Instagram Live with Justin Turner, just go to AM570LA Sports, their account there on IG, to hear what Justin said more about those cleats. And uh, year after year, Children's Hospital Los Angeles is ranked number one in California for treating kids, providing world-class care to every child who needs it. And you can donate and find out what they're doing there at chla.org. And can't forget to remind you to vote for Justin Turner for the Clemente Award. He is the Dodgers Roberto Clemente Award nominee. He's been nominated a couple of different times, but has not been the Roberto Clemente Award winner. And you can do that by going to MLB.com slash Clemente 21. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Dodgers fall to the Diamondbacks tonight 6-1. to one. When we continue, we're going to check in with Jose Moda. Plus, we'll give you the latest updates on Blake Trinan and Tony Gonsolin and the bazooka, Bruce Dar Gratterall. Three big pitchers that the Dodgers were hoping to count on in October. We'll uh, fill you in on when they may return when we continue until 1130 right here on AM570 LA Sports. Dodgers fall to the Diamondbacks 6-1. to one. On air at AM570, online at am570lasports.com, and available by podcast on the iHeartRadio app. This is Dodger Talk with David Bassett. Now Betzer has shot to deep left center field. It is way back there, and it is gone. A home run. Dodgers are on the board for Mookie, his 35th home run of the year. The league leading 112 runs scored. Arizona 5 and the Dodgers 1. 
That was the only run the Dodgers scored tonight. Mookie Betts leading off the bottom of the fourth inning with his 35th home run of the year. He becomes the first Dodger since Duke Snyder in 1954 to hit 35 home runs and 35 doubles as the Diamondbacks defeat the Dodgers tonight 6-1. to Daniels Jewelers home run forecast congratulates Marsha Galinsky of Pasadena. Marsha receives a $50 Daniels Jewelers gift card. For your chance to win a $50 gift card, go to am570lasports.com slash home run. We'll get you your Tony Gonsolin update in just a moment, but I want you to hear from Dave Roberts when he was asked about Blake Trinan before tonight's game. Going back to Monday, Dave Roberts seemed to be very optimistic that Trinan was going to be activated tomorrow. And I followed up today with him and wanted to know what's the status of Trinan after he threw a simulated game on Monday. I would say there's still an if. Um, he's just not uh, bouncing back the way any of us would have hoped. So um, that's kind of my hesitancy a little bit. All right, that was the if on whether or not Trinan will be available for October. And, yeah, he's not, you know, on uh, Monday night, I think I asked Dave about Trinan and how he bounced back from that simulated game. And he said he checked in with him on his way out of the clubhouse, and he said he felt fine. But it's always about the day after. And Trinan was out here actually throwing on flat ground around 2 o'clock this afternoon. He didn't stay out there very long, so his right shoulder is just not responding, and there's a real possibility that his season is over and that he may be forced to have shoulder surgery, something that he fought against to try to rehab, but it's just not going in the right direction as of now, according to the Dodger manager. 866-987-2570. We'll get back to your phone calls in just a moment, but we want to check in with Jose Moda. Jose was down there in the dugout before the game, and you heard Dave's tone. Uh, what's your sense about where things are at with Blake Trinan? I heard his tone, and I saw his face. And obviously, uh, Dave is one guy that gets a great read on in the room and about his players on the personal level and their level of concern. And I saw a concerned manager, there's no doubt. So, uh, you know, I guess Tommy Canley coming back, Jose, is a pretty big deal. Bruce Star Gratterall is going to be activated tomorrow. What are you looking to see from Bazooka tomorrow if you see him in the game? Bazooka needs to go out there and go out there and, and pitch with a purpose and, and with an urgency. But at the same time, Bazooka cannot try to throw the ball through a brick wall. He needs to go out there and just pace himself. He's a strike thrower naturally. Just understand that uh, it is a process. You still have time. You don't need to impress anybody, but your biggest innings are not going to be between now and, and October 5th. It's going to be after October 11th. But go out there and find it, find some rhythm. It's going to be very important, Dave, also for Radderall to incorporate more than what he has in terms of his cutter and his, and his, um, his powerful fastball. He needs to become a little bit more complete of a pitcher, but it's going to take maybe two or three outings. So maybe I'm asking for too much right away. But at the same time, uh, this is not April. This is now September. And the less we hear about trying and coming back, the more important his role, Almonte's role, obviously, would pitch well last night in AAA. And Kaylee's role become uh, even more, more vital. No doubt. Let's talk about a pitcher that's back from Tommy John surgery. Dustin May's sixth start was tonight. He has given up five or more runs in half of those starts. What did you see from Dustin? I'm sure you heard me say that he threw 20 pitches behind in the count tonight. 
Yeah, I mean, when you're behind in counts, it doesn't matter what your arm reads. I mean, you could be one-on-one. You're behind in counts, and guys are geared up for you. you know? And anytime you have somebody with plus stuff, believe me, um, especially young hitters like to get out there and just allow you to fall behind and just start attacking. It's a plus for them. You know, one thing that I was thinking about, you know, this first two or three innings, I'm going, you know, this type of inning and type of outing that you got to get it out somehow and find a way to not look into the bullpen and not ask for any help. But got it out and see what you have. But, you know, unfortunately, this is what happens a lot with guys coming back from Tommy John. One day is there. Um, not about velocity. Not about breaking balls. It's just command and just the ability to flow flow nicely through a lineup and make adjustments as you go. And I also heard, you know, Austin Barnes, you know, kind of pointing the finger at himself in certain times that uh, the ball's coming out of one hand, and that is the one hand and the arm that has to go out there and, and put the ball in good spots. But, uh, it's part of the growing pains, Dave, unfortunately. And, and games like this, actually, I don't get too worked up about, but in a way, it's good that they happen. And I hope you understand what I'm saying. I hope the fans understand. Games like this remind you about it's not who you're playing against. The guy coming into today had a 6-15 and 15 record. And he had – I mean, the Dodgers had his number for many, many years. And look what happened. So – it's just a reminder of, of where you're at, and I can trust this ball club, the Dodger team, that if the playoffs start tomorrow, you're going to see the intensity and everything get cleaned up. But uh, games like this, even yesterday, going back to the errors they made, are just little reminders that uh, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. You are the one in control and go out there and just play your best any single time. Yeah, I guess my biggest concern is not about tonight or yesterday. It's about these individual pitchers that the Dodgers are going to need to count on because it's not as clear of a pitching staff as it has been for, frankly, the last nine years. After Kershaw and Urias, there's a lot of question marks on what direction the Dodgers are going to go in the postseason, and Dustin May is a big part of that. He's a huge part of that. I mean, you can schedule him to uh, ride behind Urias or ride behind, uh, you know, Urias, Kershaw, May, but he needs to be a part of it. I believe that he will be. Uh, just a couple tweaks here and there. And I would almost be concerned um, <laughs> in my mind, my, my baseball mind would be concerned. If things were going too smooth right now for him, I would still be thinking, okay, at some point, there's going to be a bump on the road. Well, it's happened to me, like, you know, spread out one good start, one decent start, then one not-too-good start. So these are also lessons for him. Um, the best thing is that he's coming out fine. And I think as of right now, Dave, let's just be happy that there's nothing to worry about. He had a little soreness the other day. He was pushed back a couple of days. But uh, in terms of velocity and break, it's, it's all there. Just a matter of playing baseball, you know. 0-1 turns into 0-2s, and, and you attack hitters and gut it out to go out there. And if you don't feel like your stuff is there, there's a way in which you can go out there and find out, and I think it's a combination between he and the catcher to find that out. But, uh, boy, there's no doubt. It's about the individual guys right now, Dave, and the piggybacking could become a very integral part of this rotation come October. Yeah, no doubt. That uh, that seems to be maybe the direction the Dodgers are thinking about going into the postseason after Kershaw and Urias. Speaking of Julio Urias, Jose, we talked about it last night or yesterday for a little bit, but – I'm really excited about tomorrow night's pitching matchup. Two of the three Cy Young candidates going head-to-head here at Dodger Stadium. Julio with the lowest ERA in baseball going up against Zach Gallen, who had a 44-and-a-third inning scoreless streak end on September 11th. This is going to be big, and how much do you think these two pitchers are thinking about that as well? 
I think it's great. I mean, it's one of those times when it really becomes almost like a playoff game, a little test for Julio to know that um, to beat a guy like Zach Gallen, who is himself dominant, look what he did in the month of August for crying out loud, he already like 0.6. Um, he's going to have to pitch some zeros. And Julio's the one guy that can do that. Uh, I don't think there's enough credit being given to Julio nationally and what he's done so far, going back to not just this season, uh, but going back to last season. I think we all know, and we, you know, we repeated that story time and time again. Um, Justin Verlander in the American League, obviously the ace of Justin Verlander comes in at 178 ERA. Julio 227, but it's just what Julio has done, Dave, to get there. I mean, it has not been an easy ride for him. The things he's had to work against, obviously, the short spring training, the velocity not being there, uh, developing the, the, the slurve, hybrid, curveball, uh, having the change up sometimes, sometimes, but boy, he, he talk about gutting it out and being gutsy. He has found it in that way. So tomorrow should be a nice um, sample for Julio against Gallon, but also for the Dodgers hitters to know that they're going to be facing somebody premium and uh, don't go out there and sit fastballs because this guy on the mound can do many things to go out there and try to trick you. So those breaking balls you will see, as you saw a lot of them tonight from Bumgarner, just make sure that you pound them and get them into the zone and get yourself some fastballs and then don't miss them. Yeah, you're right. Verlander with the lowest ERA in baseball, Julio with the lowest ERA in the National League at 227 going into the game tomorrow night against Zach Gallen. Should be fun. It's something rare in baseball these days where you have a starting pitching matchup that is as good as the one we're going to have at Dodger Stadium tomorrow night. Jose, look forward to talking to you about it after tomorrow night's game. We'll see you out here at Chavez Ravine. In La Montaña, the Chavez. Adios. Adios. There he goes, Jose Moda, always uh, with insight and also teaching us a little Spanish at the end. Dodgers fall to the Diamondbacks tonight, 6-1, to one, and like I said, a big pitching matchup tomorrow night. Julio Urias against Zach Gallen. Uh, it is uh, those two along with Sandy Alcantara for the three spots as far as the National League Cy Young Award. Bet MGM has Alcantara as the favorite, and Julio and Gallon plus 700 behind him for the National League Cy Young race, but uh, maybe they're on the East Coast and don't see Julio pitch enough. Speaking of starting pitching for the Dodgers, Tony Gonsolin is supposed to have a big day tomorrow throwing to hitters. He's kind of been throwing off flat ground and then having a bullpen session, but tomorrow, before tomorrow night's game here at Dodger Stadium, Gonsolin is going to pitch to hitters, and Dave Roberts seemed to put a lot of emphasis on the way Gonsolin looks tomorrow on whether or not he may be available for the postseason. Um, it is a big step for Tony because it's uh, facing some hitters. It's uh, an up-down, which is important. Um, and so if he passes that test, uh, it, it'll probably be you know, another bullpen and then another maybe a rehab assignment the following week, early next week. So tomorrow's a big day for Tony, yeah. All right, we'll see how it goes. And look, Tony's another guy, or Tony Gonsolin's another guy that doesn't seem to be built up to the way he was earlier in the season with the amount of time that he's missed. Remember, he was scratched from his start on August 29th. And at that time, Dave Roberts told reporters that, hey, it's only going to be a two-start um, absence. Well, a two-start absence has turned into a four-week absence for Tony Gonsolin. Um, so we'll see where things go and whether or not the right forearm strain can respond because 
the Dodgers obviously have leaned on Gonsolin all season long. He's been one of the best starters in Major League Baseball this season, but he's not going to be built up to that seven-inning pitcher that we have been used to seeing all season long. And that's why, you know, Jose Moda alluded to it. There's a real possibility after Kershaw and Julio Urias in any playoff series, the Dodgers may just use a bucket of their pitchers to get 27 outs. And Gonsolin, if he's healthy enough, would be part of that in a limited amount of innings in any type of game. It kind of reminds me we are going down the same road, especially with the amount of off days between games and one a series basically in the postseason because of the lockout. We are going down the same road as the 2020 Dodgers did where they are going to use their pitching depth to basically outpitch you and make the series too long for you. And that's exactly what happened to the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS. Even after they took a three games to one lead over the Dodgers, they had no more pitching, no more quality pitching. All they had left was Max Freed. And for the Dodgers, that's why I was so confident at the time, they had so much pitching left while the Braves were running out of it. And it may not have been the traditional starters, maybe more so than this year, but the Dodgers had Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin do the opener thing or spot start and go two or three innings apiece. So I kind of feel like that's the blueprint again with the way the playoff schedule is laid out. For instance, in the NLDS, there's only one off day. It's a travel day. In the NLCS, same thing, one off day. So uh, I kind of feel like the Dodgers, if they can get this pitching staff in order and um, in, in a way that they can lean on guys late in leverage situations, it's going to be similar to 2020. That's just my instincts as of now. It could be different, but it kind of feels that way. Because if you look at last year, you had Bueller, you had Scherzer, you had Julio, right? The year before, in years prior, you had Kershaw, Granke, Ryu. Kershaw, Bueller, Ryu. You don't have that this year. So it's it's a little bit different. All right, speaking of Julio, we mentioned it. Julio Urias, 16-7 and seven with an ERA of 227, the lowest in the National League, going up against Zach Gallen, who has the third lowest ERA in the National League at 252 on a collision course tomorrow night at Dodger Stadium. Two National League Cy Young Award candidates going up against each other, and Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck begins at 6 o'clock with first pitch at 7:10 on Dustin May bobblehead night. All right, that'll do it for us on Dodger Talk. In case you missed any of the show, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Thanks to Colin Yee back at our Burbank studios. Thanks to Dwayne McDonald out here at Dodger Stadium. And thanks to you for listening. Once again, the final score, the Diamondbacks defeat the Dodgers 6-1. to one. Have a great rest of your night. Ben Maller is next. See ya. Put down the